Welcome to the Summer Party Pod, a deep dive into DCOMs. I'm Lizzie, and I'm not like other girls because I'm good at puzzles. And I'm Hannah, and I am a rabbit inside a top hat. And this week, we watched Now You See It. And you know what? I'm really glad that we did. This is part two of our Ali Mashalka. Mashalka? We still didn't Google how to say that name. I, I, I think we're correct. Part two of our Allie of Allie and AJ duet. The first one was Cowbells. We've gotten a lot of Cowbells-related love, um, which I was very appreciative of, considering we didn't have the most flattering things to say about it. No, we didn't have much to say about it at all. No, but you know what? It was a fun episode to record, and I really liked editing it. So I enjoyed listening to it. Um, But this, unlike Cowbells, for me personally, was a very enjoyable movie to watch. See, I... This movie was a little bit more boring than I remembered. Me too. Me too. And I always remember, like, when we decided we were going to do this, I was like, yes, I remember exactly where I was the last time I watched it. We'll get into it. I mean, I think it's still, like, kind of fun. Like, it's a fun plot, but there's just, like, a lot of, like... It's slow sometimes. Yes, absolutely. Um, I agree. However, I think part of why I liked this so much is because it reminded me of so many other things that I loved in my childhood, which is like kind of the point of all of this is like that nostalgia factor, which obviously we, we have droned on and on about for approximately 24 episodes now. However... There were so many parts of this that, one, I could see as direct references to, like, pieces of, like, iconic cinema, but also just very reminiscent of a lot of other things that were popular for kids our age around the time that this came out. Yes. And in the years following it, which was very cool. It's interesting to see kind of where that all stemmed from. I'm not sure where it all stemmed from, but it was definitely a movement of, like, these sort of puzzly mystery pieces of media for younger kids. Yeah. Well, do you want to jump right in and get it's your week for our 60 second summary? You know what? I I will. I will. Let me grab you a timer. On your mark. Get set. Magic. So The narrator and kind of main character of this is a girl named Allison, whose dream is to be a TV producer. She's part of this competition where it's the first kid-produced television show, and it's a reality TV show to find the greatest kid magician. So her and, like, her camera crew go around, and they, like, find their guy, and it's this guy named Danny Sinclair, who is an incredible magician, like, inexplicably good. So the movie follows them through this competition and her and Danny have a very sort of like on again, off again friendship because she really can't figure out how he's doing his magic tricks. And we discover that he also doesn't know because he has legitimate magical powers. All of this is run by like the world's most famous magician in his like creepy mystery magic mansion. 
and he turns out to be the bad guy naturally um and he tries to take danny's powers away using this magic ring and then they defeat him and she almost gets stabbed with a sword stop um she did almost get stabbed by a sword she almost got stabbed by three swords i know and that's three too many in my opinion um and I must be really dumb because I watched this whole movie and didn't connect the fact that her character's name was Allison and her real name is Allison. Yes. Also, on uh, her credits, I'm looking at, um, you know, IMDb right now and stuff to pull up our score. She is not credited as Ali Michalka. She's credited as Allison. Yes. Which is interesting. I noticed that. Is this before Ali and AJ was, like, established? No. I don't think so. That's weird. Um, I have Disney Plus here. Let's see. Oh, shoot. I forgot to search cowbells. Uh, not cowbells. Now you see it. Not even close. Okay. I have our official summary right here. Allison Miller. Oh, my God. It's even spelled the same. With a Y. Anyway. Will do anything to make a name for herself in television. So she signs up to produce a new reality show that's searching for the world's greatest kid magician. As she tries to find her star, she meets young Danny Sinclair, whose abilities make him one of the finalists. But as she gets closer to Danny, he reveals a secret. His magic is real. Yeah. I feel like that's a little mis- That's a little misleading. Like, he doesn't reveal to her that his magic is real. He doesn't know until the last ten minutes. Yeah. But anyway, um, Lizzie, I'm lost in my tabs. I'm sorry. She's lost in the tabs, the sea of internet tabs. This movie has a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. Standard, love it. So standard, so typical. Oh, does it have a critic score? No, unfortunately not. So I'm going to say, first and foremost, we do not have thoughts from an actual child this week. Huh. Which is sad because I think Maggie would really enjoy this movie. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to get her to watch it sometime before this goes up on Thursday and give us her thoughts. And then we'll record them and put the audio in after the fact. So if we do have thoughts from an actual child, we're going to put them here. Thank you, Maggie. Or. We missed you, Maggie. What the hell, Maggie? (laughs) Um, Lizzie, do you? But Hannah. Oh, I was going to ask you first. Okay, go. Lizzie, do you have a rating for this movie? I do. I do. Um, I'm going to give this a 3.5. Ooh, that's really nice. I liked this significantly more than Cowbells. I just liked the story of it more. It was more up my alley. And looking at other things that I've ranked 3.5, which include The 13th Year, um, Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior, and, um, oh, Radio Rebel. I think this fits nicely in that sort of, like, that category. That vibe of movie for me. Appropriately nostalgic, a little silly, not super great quality, but, like, endearing nonetheless see i think i have to give this a 2.5 and that's totally understandable also (laughs) the thing is here's the thing like 
the premise is good and there's like a couple of really good moments like in the first 15 minutes there's a really exciting part that we can get to and I was like oh dad I remember this because I watched this with my dad but it's like overall like generally it was just too boring for me yeah I liked cowbells better than this okay that's fair I mean I obviously didn't but that's all right we very rarely have this sort of like drastically different opinion on these movies. So I kind of like it when we do. True. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So where do we want to start? Well, I want to talk quickly. I'm still looking at IMDb. Yes. I'm looking at our director, whose name is Duane Dunham. And I was like, that sounds really familiar. Yeah. It's because he did the 13th year, which, which we did like four weeks ago. And Halloween Town. Which I just said. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. Oh, you named it. I said I had similar feelings about this that I did to 13th Year. And the Halloween Town thing is very interesting because did he direct all the Halloween Towns or just the first one? Just the first one. Okay, so this is really interesting because obviously we'll make a full Instagram post about this. For those of you who have listened to the pod for a while, you know that for a while there we were doing recommendations based on the movies we watched each week Mm -hmm. of other media books tv shows movies that had similar like specific elements from the things we were watching whatever vibes plots characters all sorts of things and i have a little corner on here that i kept track because i really think that part of the reason i liked this so much is because there were so many elements of it that scene that reminded me of other things that maybe I actually liked more than this movie. So that I was superimposing my feelings about those on top of this. But one of the ones I put on there was Halloween Town 4. This gave me big Halloween Town 4 vibes. Oh yeah. Like Halloween Town University because of the whole like Magic Mansion thing. Yes. I agree a little bit, like, in the fact that they're in, like, kind of, like, a spooky mansion, and there's magic, um, and there's, like, early 2000s, 90s hair and costumes, and really overacted dialogue by teenagers. Yes. Oh, my God. Let me tell you, Allie's, Allison's, like, she was just a lot. I found her performance in cowbells much more convincing than in this she's a little insufferable in this yeah and maybe she's just a really good actress and that was like the character they gave her yeah but she was like she i don't know she needed to be medicated i think (laughs) that's the tagline of this just you know she needed to be medicated i think (laughs) you know what don't we all however However, the redeeming factor of this was, of course, Danny Sinclair, the kid magician himself. Was he? Take it away. Was he a little bit of an asshole? He was. Oh, yeah. Do we love him regardless? We do. We do. He was the best part. The red flags look fine when you're wearing rose-colored glasses, all right? It's true. It's true. That's how we walk through life. Lizzie, who played who played Danny Sinclair? An actor whose name is technically Johnny Picard, I believe. Yeah. I will re- be referring to him as Johnny Pacer. 
Yeah, and the girls who get it, get it. The hockey guys who get it also get it. And that's the tea. Um, speaking of your comparison to Halloween Town, I actually made to Halloween Town two comparisons in my notes because twice in this movie they did like transitions between scenes where like a giant like animated top hat came on stage and like did a little spin and like went through a time warp and it reminded me of the terrible time travel scenes in Halloween Town too. And I hated every second of those. Me too. I made a note that said that the cringy animated transitions reminded me of like a science video you would have watched in your middle school science class. Like Bill Nye? But in Bill Nye, it was endearing. In this, I was like, you had a Disney budget. You're rocking with the mouse's money and that's what you give me? I think not. I literally just wrote, um, that Halloween Town 2 transition was not it. Not it. Especially because one, the second time they do it, in the very end, it implies that, like, someone actually is teleported, like a human, and that is what happens when you get teleported. Yeah. It's weird. I didn't buy it. I didn't like it. Um, some fun tropes for us were, of course, Danny and Allison have a little bit of a enemies-to-friends, to-enemies-to-lovers situation going on. Yeah, are they dating at the end? I thought they were smooching behind that little magic hat there. I don't know. I was so thrown off by the magic hat. It was just like, I just saw, like, the shoulder hug. He kissed her on the hand. Oh, I didn't catch that. Which might just be, like, a nice, like, gentlemanly, like, kind of friend thing to do. But, yeah, I don't know. Hey, you know what, Lizzie? I trust you. I told you I was really bored watching this movie. I was multitasking and online shopping. So, as I was saying about things this movie reminded me of, the Danny Sinclair character. Mm -hmm. Big Logan Lerman, Percy Jackson vibes. Oh, yeah. Big Jess Mariano from the Gilmore Girls vibes. I can see it, yeah. Which is... The second Jess Mariano reference we've had on this podcast in the last, perhaps, two weeks. Yeah, I made the same comparison last week. Which I think means maybe we need to rewatch Gilmore Girls. Oh, it is almost fall. Maybe I just assume, maybe I just assume that every brunette man with a shitty attitude is going to remind me of Jess Mariano. Maybe just assume he's going to, I'm going to fall in love with him. Um... My favorite part, I think, was someone made a, someone literally said, or it wasn't quite literal, but it was almost perfect. They said something like, you're a wizard, Danny. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, okay, Harry Potter. So this came out in 2005, so this was... Yeah. The peak of Potter. Yes. Everybody wanted to be a wizard. People were dying for it, like the sixth book had just come out or something crazy. It was, there was a lot happening there. Speaking of that, sorry, I'm going to call you out. I sent you a long text last night about Wizards of Waverly Place and you ignored it. So I actually didn't ignore it. I got to be honest with you. I thought about it for probably the first hour and a half of my work day today. Because you said something that I almost corrected you on. But then I didn't know if I was right. So then I 
was thinking a lot about it. And you know what? Here's what we're going to do. I don't want to bore people with this. I'm going to screenshot it and we can post this and ask people. We'll put it on the Instagram. Because, like, clearly some of these people obviously are familiar with the Harry Potter universe. As much as perhaps we might not want it to be ingrained into our brains now, it is. It's stuck. And we're all millennials at heart. Let's just say I sold a grown woman a planter that said plant on it today. That's where we're at. Uh, was it Ray Dunn? Not even. It was fake Ray Dunn. Uh. <laughs> but anyway. Lizzie, I've honestly already talked about most of my notes, but I know you have way more notes than I do. Do you want to get into any of your hot takes? I do. Um, first of all, so interspersed throughout this movie, Allison, Allie, does these very dramatic sort of like narration because she's basically telling all of this story like it's already happened. And so it like will be just like shots of what is going on and then like her in what appears to be her Harvard dorm room. Yeah. We're supposed to believe. I'm not buying that. Yeah. Or just like her bedroom and she's wearing a Harvard sweatshirt. It's a lot. Who's I couldn't tell. Um, the intro to this movie was so dramatic, and I couldn't tell if it was setting the scene for like this is gonna be fun, dramatic, or this is gonna be annoying. And then I very soon figured out it was gonna be annoying. Yeah, she was so serious and like corny. Like that's what I said. Like she needed to be medicated because she was so serious, and she like. She was, her character was clueless and annoying to everyone else. And to be fair, everyone else was, like, mean to her a little bit. Like, you're not, like, there's annoying kids everywhere. You have to just grin and bear it. But she was, like. I don't know. She was such a know-it-all and not in, like, the, I hate to take it back to Harry Potter, but, like, not in the kind of, like, endearing or, like, well, she actually is really smart Hermione way. Yeah. It was so, she was such a pick-me girl. She was. She was not like other girls. Not like other girls. She's good at puzzles. It was weird because my dad actually compared her to Sharpay. And it, I saw it a little bit. Well, so this is very funny because, like, the whole part where they're going to essentially audition Danny, that was, like, a very funny scene, I thought. Um, and her cameraman, whose name is... Cedric, Harry Potter, Diggory, says, I bet the only reason we did a bajillion takes is because Allison thinks the guy is cute. I didn't love the writing of this movie, because I think they could have done a lot of things a lot funnier. Yeah. And she, like, got super defensive, but not in a way where it was clear that she did think he was cute. She was like, um, actually, this is also very important to me because this is our last chance girl, calm down. He's cute. We all know that. And we can say that because he was 24. So. Yes. Very legal. There you go. Um, she also says to him at one point, after he's made it onto the show, he's like grumpy, whatever, like very isolated and closed off. And we find out why. It's because he has these magic powers and he's very conflicted about it. Yeah, he doesn't know how to control them. She says, um, 
this whole mopey broody thing isn't gonna work on TV. Girl, yes it is. Ma'am, have you ever seen an episode of television? Hello? Yeah, for a girl who's, like, obsessed with making it in the television business. A mopey, broody brunette? That's... We also saw Hannah Montana. He could be the one. He could be the one. She could not. Oh, she was not it. But there were some funny lines in this. Oh, tell me one. No, did you have some quotes? Well, my favorite one was You're a Wizard, Danny. Oh, sure. Um, uh, let me see. I didn't write down any other quotes. Um, I wrote down that after, uh, after they auditioned Danny, and at first it seems like a fail, but then it's a smashing success because he's trying to create doves in his room, and there are no doves, and it's like, well, darn it. But then it turns out he created, like, a huge flock of doves in their car. She looks up at his window, and he's just looking out the window, and she narrates, and she's like, he looked surprised or concerned, but he's fully just doing a duck face out the window like this. Yeah, it was really weird. There's a lot going on there. I didn't care for it one bit. Anyway, what quotes do you have, Lizzie? Um, one of my favorite ones was, I may be dressed like an elephant, but I feel like a horse is behind. Oh, that was iconic. That really spoke to me. Some of the background characters were really funny, even though they were all supposed to be, like, jerks to them, and they were. There was also an evil blonde kid named Hunter, which is, like, a very fun sub-trope, mini-trope, micro-trope, if you will. A realistic villain. Yes. She did call all of the other magicians that she auditioned before she got to Danny impressively pathetic, which was... A pretty fun little little thing. Oh, see, that? She, I guessed what she was going to say wrong. Because she said, you know, up until now, I could have described all of the magicians with the same two words. And I thought, oh, she's going to say, bad magicians. Oh. <laughs> and then she said, impressively pathetic. And I was like, oh, I guess that's a little bit clever. The real moment here, it's so cringe. It was too much for me, even for a decom. Was he finds out that he's a magician, whatever, um, and she's like, uh, "This guy, what the hell is his name? The main magician guy, who's played by Frank Langella, by the way. That was shocking. Oh, it was like Max. It was like Max something, right? Like Magic Max or Mystical Max? Max French? Isn't his last name like French or something? Oh, let me pull it up. Um. On IMDb, he's just credited as Mac. Okay, that's fine. He's, like, the head magician guy, whatever. She's trying to warn Danny that, like, Max is gonna drain him of his powers, whatever. He's, like, kind of gaslighting her, saying that she's crazy, she doesn't know what she's talking about. But he also kind of isn't, because he also doesn't know what's going on, so it's, there's a lot. And she says, with a straight face, mind you, you're just like everyone else I've ever known. Setting me up to make a fool of myself just to prove I'm not as smart as I think I am. And I said, girl, get a grip. Girl, it's not all about you. You're just like everyone I've ever known. Please. And it's funny you should say that, Hannah, because he says, uh, maybe it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> Maybe this is about Danny. Maybe 
me this is not yeah um there is an interesting scene where he plays rock'em sock'em robots with these two metal knights essentially <laughs> yeah but like with his mind with his mind it was a lot um yeah that was how like mystical max like proved he had powers he was like show me what you can do and so like he made the robots break dance yes um my other my last few notes is i wrote puzzle girlies the little smiley face because she does a puzzle and they solve part of the mystery i i like puzzles I like crossword puzzles. I love crossword puzzles. My dad, I said something about like, oh, like why she keeps saying she's so into puzzles. And he was like, you have crossword puzzles. And I was like, leave me out of this. You said, uh, self-awareness, not my prescription for the day. Thank you. Delusion. Love that. (laughs) The only other dad related note I have is my dad did chuckle a lot at the montage of like bad kid magicians before they got to Danny. Yeah. It was funny. Those poor kids. They're really bad. Um, so one of the other magicians in the show is this kid named Brandon, who's a real pain in the ass and kind of had nothing redeeming or funny about him, except he did say the elephant line, so. Oh, yeah. His finale outfit was horrendous. It looked like an Austin Powers outfit, and I mean that Austin Powers parentheses derogatory, not Austin Powers parentheses complimentary. Also, his final performance. It was barely magic. It literally... Very bad. Hold on. Let me read my note. I wrote, is this a breakdancing competition? Sorry to bring it up again. He was just, like... It was bad. Doing the wave with his arms and, like, passing a light back and forth. It was not good. You can't see me, but I'm doing the wave. (laughs) Yeah, and it was like, this is supposed to be the second best magician in the country? It was too much. I don't know. Um... So Max, the grown-up, essentially tries to kill Danny so that he can take his powers. Not essentially. He killed one person and he's trying to do it again. And the crazy part of this is, when I, like, really took stock of it, I was like, oh my god. I said, that is so vile that they invited Danny's parents (laughs) to this TV show taping. To watch his murder live. To watch his son get murdered. But also, that's very funny to me. <laughs> but yeah, that was the thing. He planned to kill Danny to have his powers, which apparently he did to his own mentor, like, a while ago. But yeah, he didn't plan to do it in secret. He planned to do it on stage during the television finale while Danny was on stage. He planned to, like, crush him with a, like... 500 pound weight or something yes it was a thousand pounds of lead half a ton yeah it was a lot the whole final scene was so much and it was not well executed and it was not a particularly satisfactory ending no it was disappointing the only redeeming thing about it was you didn't see it but his little cute kiss on the hand after she saves him see now i have to go back and watch that it was this movie's version of hey baby Uh, But it can never compare. It could never. Hey, baby. Coming to a tote bag near you. The girlies who get it, get it. And that's all I have to say. Um, let me look at my notes real quick. At one point, they did say the name of the movie. They said, and now you see it. And I wrote, oh, they said the name of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Love that. 
Oh, and my final note, this is even really movie related. This is Disney related. Um, so for those of you who are Disney connoisseurs like Lizzie and I and use Disney Plus at least once a week, you'll know that they used to have a curated section. Like they have, you know, like the Disney Princesses collection and the Marvel collection and the Disney Channel collection. And they did a Disney Channel original movie section. And you could go there and all the movies were sorted by year. Yeah. No longer. Sad. We've gotten rid of it. I don't like that. Me neither. So, that was the end of my notes. Okay, well, there we go. This is the end of the episode, I guess? I guess. I mean, do you have anything else pressing? I have nothing else pressing. Not about the movie. Um, just for some housekeeping things. So, this week's podcast is going out on August 20. 25th yeah i think and then next week's is coming out on september 1st next week's is going to be our podiversary episode podiversary palooza there might be several episodes happening over the course of that week cannot be confirmed or denied we did put on instagram that there's definitely going to be one mini episode um and asked for your ideas as to what we should chat about during that episode not necessarily a particular movie but like if you have questions for us whatever um only one person answered and it was my mom so we're gonna keep crowdsourcing ideas yeah um and let us know i would also like to point out that since our last episode (gasps) we have gotten more states oh we have we have we got um alabama which we had not had before Ooh, war eagle roll tide and oh actually no we did not oh r.i.p so who did we get i don't know we got something something's going on I trust you. I thought you were going to say, I don't think we ever spoke about this on the podcast. I don't even know if we posted on Instagram or if we just texted each other about it, about how we reached officially a thousand listeners. Oh, yes. Yes. I definitely posted about it on our stories. Okay. And now we're up to a thousand and forty five. So thank you all for listening one thousand and forty five times. Which is great. That's crazy. And you know what I was thinking about? What? I have not listened technically to all of our episodes in a way that it would count because I never listened to it after I've already edited it and published it but this week I get to listen to it as just a listener and not as an editor because Hannah's editing this week Hannah's editing so be kind we're recording one day earlier than we normally do to give me an extra day to edit it's very exciting um, we're doing this as a trial run because as we spoke about last week for the rest of 2022, we have some really exciting things planned and that hopefully mm-hmm. will mean, um, more editing work for the whole pod, which means we'd like to split some of the responsibilities so Lizzie isn't drowning. We're going to have some two episode weeks. Yes. 
we're going to wrap up some of the series that we started. Oh, I'm so excited. We're going to potentially start a couple more series. We're also going to be re we're going to be re-releasing some episodes that were lost in the vault. That were lost in the vault, and I also think perhaps we may be re-releasing some episodes that we have already put up with some new commentary because I got a very interesting message from a potential new friend of the pod who wants to revisit some movies we've already talked about. Ooh, this is the first I'm hearing of this even. Because I just remembered. <laughs> oh. So Hannah, Lizard. on that note, with the mystery still intact, do you want to take us away? Take it away! Take it away, and don't forget to do our edited outro with the right name in it. I know, I've, I was thinking about that yesterday as I was driving home in my 100-hour drive yesterday. I'm so excited. This has been the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into DCOM. This episode was edited by Hannah and collectively conceived of as a postgrad crisis by Lizzie and Hannah. This podcast has been distributed by Anchor, and we hope you'll join us again next week. I know her! Bye! Bye! Hannah, you are frozen. You're in the Arctic. Hannah, where are you? Hannah, can you hear me? Hannah. 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 Where are you, Hannah?